0: Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of This is CX, our West Monroe Partners Customer Experience Podcast. I'm Mike Manfredo. And this is Paul Hagen. Hey, Paul. How are you doing today? Excellent. Excellent. Thanks, Mike. Good. So, Paul, I thought it would be great to bring back one of our guests from last year uh, who spoke with us a couple times about some technology that uh, had some promise on improving the overall customer experience for organizations, and and kind of exploring that technology. And what I wanted to do today was actually kind of do a kind of where are we at, and where have we seen progress made based on the work that we're doing and being out in the market. So, all right, fun emerging technology. Exactly. Yeah, I thought we'd revisit that uh, with our uh, friend and colleague John Sprunger. Uh, John, welcome back to the podcast. Hey, John. Hey, Mike. Hey, Paul. All right, so uh, just if you would, John, uh, if you could just quickly reintroduce yourself to our audience so that way they remember uh, who you are and, and uh, what you do here at West Monroe.
1: Yeah, thanks. I'm a senior architect in our technology practice here at West Monroe in Chicago, and I lead our mobile software development practice as well as a lot of our efforts around uh, emerging technologies like chatbots, voice assistants, uh, machine learning, and, and other fun technology like that. Excellent. Well, again, appreciate you joining us today. Um, Let's go ahead and jump right
0: into it. So there were a couple of different emerging technologies uh, that we covered last year to kind of give an introduction to uh, and wanted to follow up with you and with Paul to kind of see what's been done, uh, where are we as it relates to both uh, where the technology is and and its improvement and its ability to improve customer experience where we've seen those improvements uh, for organizations providing better experiences to their customers. So uh, there are three that we kind of wanted to touch base with you on. Uh, The first being conversational interfaces, which you kind of mentioned. The second uh, talking about RPA, robotic process automation. And then the third, Uh, is around the machine learning and uh, artificial intelligence that uh, people might be aware of uh, out there. Yeah, perfect. All right, so let's jump in. Conversational interfaces. Uh, Can you remind our audience what a conversational interface is?
1: Uh, Yep, so if you recall, uh, last time we talked about conversational interfaces are essentially a a high-level system design model Uh, where the user interactions uh, occur in either spoken or written natural language. And we tend to break that down into sort of two different uh, sides of the conversational interface realm. One side you have sort of the voice assistants, things like Alexa, Google Home, uh, Facebook Messenger, things like that. And then on the other side, uh, you've got more of the chatbots, which are more text-based interactions, um, so, web based chat bots, text messaging bots, uh, Facebook Messenger, Skype, things like that.
0: Excellent. So, based on kind of where the technology was uh, last time that we spoke uh, and its ability to deliver a better experience, what have we seen occur over the last year? And, John, I'll start with you, but then, uh, Paul, I'd love to get your perspective based on the conversations you've had. Um, and and what you've seen out in the market.
1: Yep, I think even a year on, um, you know, there's been very few major uh, technological advances in terms of the the conversational interfaces realm. Uh, the the tools are getting much much better uh, over time. Um, you know, Alexa and Google Assistant are constantly improving and coming out with uh, new features uh, and capabilities that allow you to. Uh, build, you know, totally new and, and interesting and differentiated uh, sort of experiences. That's probably the main uh, improvement I've seen over the past year. Uh, Apple business chat has not uh, come out yet. So that's kind of one of the major things uh, that a lot of companies are looking towards uh, for next year uh, in conversational interfaces. But uh, I think we've seen a lot of our clients interested in how they can incorporate Uh, conversational interfaces into their overall uh, digital strategy or technology roadmap Uh, but the technology uh, is still a a little early for a lot of organizations Uh, I'm seeing conversely as well Uh, they don't have the technical table stakes in place their systems aren't ready uh, to implement these technologies or they're not sure uh, how this would fit in their roadmap exactly
0: Paul, uh, based on what you've seen uh, out in the market around conversational interfaces, uh, ha- where have you seen organizations? I think last time we talked more about experimentation. Have you seen uh, more uh, organizations experiment, uh, be able to bring back any sort of results in terms of improving overall experience for customers or key journeys that, 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 that uh, their customers may be going on?
2: Yeah, I think I have to echo, John, that there's a lot of talk still out there and there's a lot of interest, but uh, probably not quite as much action as there is talk. I mean, certainly these, you know, the, the capabilities are, um, are, are, are getting out there. You know, you just go to Amazon and um, the number of, of, of smart speaker types of uh, devices that, that are out there are, are, you know, they're all over the place um you start hearing you, we we certainly start you know, are seeing things in the contact center um where voice recognition is is replacing some of the menu based um types of things um but they're still not smart interactive robot you know when we think about the future and and where this stuff is probably going you know the hal like computer or kit the car um um the talking car or she um you know we're far away from that and uh um I think people are still trying to figure out what use cases, in particular, um, they should experiment on, and and, and and are dabbling quite a bit. But uh, you know, we knew this was going to be a, a, a we we knew it was going to be a fast ramp, but it's probably not going as fast quite yet. Clearly, proliferation of devices that are are uh, capable of this, but you know, really, it's still technology looking for the problem. Um, and and uh, you know I don't think we've found you know the the, the the real use cases that'll make this take off.
0: So Paul, um, before we jump into the next technology, I'm just wondering, um, you know, from a CX perspective, how do, how how does a a CX professional help its organization continue to experiment around this technology, or or help? Uh, kind of bring it along further within the organization, assuming, uh, you know, as John mentioned, uh, that this technology is becoming at least part of the kind of future looking roadmap for an organization?
2: I think that it's, it's you know, like any technology, it's understanding what your users are trying to do. What are the jobs, that, jobs to be done, if you will, um, that they're trying to do? And understanding how, you know, a, a portfolio of different technologies might make their uh, lives easier, um, less cumbersome, um, uh, delightful uh, in some way. But it's really you know, starting with what problems are users having or what opportunities are there to serve them better and drive more value um, and identifying then the use cases. You know, certainly in contact centers where uh, you know, uh, people have to go through menus you know, or it becomes a low-hanging fruit kind of thing. Um, hands-free environments, um, you know, contexts. But, you know, to me it starts with really understanding deeply, you know, what's the day in the life of, or the week of the life of your customers or clients, Um, and then understanding where a technology might do. And then I would say, you know, what what customer experience folks do really well is engage customers in a design process, co-create with them, experiment with them, try something, you know do it fast don't don't assume that you'll get it right um but put something in front of customers and 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 you know kind of fail faster um you know iterate on those types of things um, more of that agile type of environment you know that's where i think we're going to get to and find those places and where customer experience pros can help push it along uh, faster than other parts of the company might
0: great so let's maybe uh pivot to one of the other technologies that we talked about RPA or Robotic Process Automation. John, can you remind our listeners what RPA or Robotic Process Automation is?
1: Yep. So RPA uh, essentially is is sort of a almost kind of an old school way of, of integrating systems together that maybe don't have an, an API that you can use for systems integration. Uh, But it essentially enables you to automate manual tasks uh, across a variety of applications and systems. So uh, typing for the user, clicking for the user, uh, moving data across systems uh, and things like that. Uh, It's a really good way to uh, integrate systems together with a short payback time. And while still sort of avoiding uh, spend on new technology systems and integration infrastructure. Great. So I think uh,
0: we, we actually spoke with one of your colleagues, Mark Snyder, uh, about this last year. And Paul, if you can recall our conversation, one of the things we talked about was it's great if the technology can, can bring some efficiency, but if you're automating a crappy uh, experience, it's still going to be a crappy experience <laughs> for the customer. So um, have you seen, based on um, the work that's been done? To date, and and John, please, you know, if you have anecdotes based on the work that we that you've done personally, um, where we've taken the opportunity to think through both either the external customer experience or even the internal customer experience and the employees, where we haven't just automated what's been you know what was happening beforehand, but really taking a step back, thinking through the experience holistically, and then applying
1: the technology. Yep, as as RPA applies to the customer experience, I think the impact to customers is more around, um, you know, your customers should see an improvement in in their SLAs as far as you know receiving service, receiving support, uh, getting access to uh, more accurate information more quickly. Um, so it's more of a general, you know, if you're improving your internal employee processes. Ah, uh, your customers should see an improvement there as well. Um, so, you know, mostly the RPA work that we've been doing over the past year is internally focused uh, around improving processes and contact centers, uh, automating processes for healthcare payers. Uh, it's a lot of heavily manual. Uh, processes, a lot of repetitive tasks, uh, error-prone, manual data entry, copying data from one system to another. Um, So it's a lot of those type of processes we're automating, uh, where the end result is that the customer should see, you know, faster access to information or an approved support SLA.
0: Paul, have you seen, uh, whether anecdotally or, you know, harder measures, of uh, kind of based on the hypothesis that that John kind of laid out and, and what we've, you know, what we expected to see? Have you, have you kind of seen that come to fruition
2: through the use of RPA? I, I feel like most of the the efforts still to date are very internally focused. Um, and, and, you know, to me, this is where the big opportunity lies. I get very excited about any time, you know, you're doing an internal process. Hey, why not map the customer process, the customer journey, as the front end of that because you know improving an SLA is great but customers at the end of the day you know often don't care between, between a one day SLA and a two day SLA what they know, what they want is is consistency and visibility or transparency about when something is going to happen um, lots of anecdotal evidence about waiting and 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 what customers experience or people experience about the waiting about waiting, so you know I get very very excited about you know and, and there's a few technologies associated. Forrester uh, just today came out with its uh, uh, vendor wave on on journey analytics. Um, Salesforce uh, recently bought MuleSoft, which you know uh, connects uh, systems together, and you know I, and and then you've got RPA. And I, I keep thinking, gosh, there's this really amazing opportunity in thinking about operationalizing customer journeys to leverage some of these technologies if you know as you map the customer's journeys thinking about integrating systems integrating data automating parts of the process um you, you know and those and parts of that process can be both the internal manual piece but also the external communications out to customers um super interesting opportunity in weaving these things together so i haven't seen much of it yet but excited about all of these technologies kind of coming to the forefront and i think customer experience leaders have an opportunity to, you know, again, having some knowledge of these tools coming in and, and, and helping knit these together, uh, you know, in service of customers.
0: Great. Let's move on to, and check in on our last set of emerging technologies, uh, machine learning and artificial intelligence. Um, I think there's been, you know, obviously a lot of discussion on possibilities that uh, these two technologies uh, can bring to the table for organizations, and frankly, kind of used interchangeably. Um, So, you know, John, I thought it'd be great if you could provide a little recap of the different elements that go into uh, machine learning and artificial intelligence, kind of how they're different or how they're similar. Um, But then, really, what progress have you seen in terms of the technology uh, and its maturity and how businesses have been adopting this technology to deliver more value to their customers. And I think that you've got some examples that you wanted to share.
1: Yeah, sure, Mike. So, you know, we, we hear a lot of our clients asking about AI and uh, machine learning and AI we tend to think of as sort of a, an encapsulating uh, high-level concept Uh, that includes machine learning, Uh, AI is essentially a replacement for any sort of human-enabled task, Uh, whether it's uh, machine learning, which is sort of the brains of the operation and automating machine decisions. Uh, Artificial intelligence also encompasses some of those other emerging technologies we talked about as you're replacing sort of a a conversational uh, experience or using something like uh, AI bots in an RPA context to automate uh, you know what used to be human driven uh, computer interaction processes. Uh, machine learning on the other hand though is essentially automating uh, the decision uh, making paradigm uh, by acting on the most probable events based on previously input training data more or less. Um, so you need to, you know, make sure that you're utilizing the right data uh, for your machine learning process. You need to make sure you're uh, automating the ongoing training uh, within any kind of machine learning process, and you need to make sure you have the right uh, personnel, resources, and governance uh, in place as well to making sure you're you're reaping uh, all the available benefits uh, from the outputs of your machine learning alleg- algorithms. Um, but I think we've seen you know, a lot of evolution uh, in ML, even over the past year or so. Uh, ML is a technology that's been around for decades, um, but really over the past year or two, I think, think it's really become sort of a mission critical uh, enabler of what we're calling intelligent automation processes. And you know, while I think it's getting more and more mature here in the digital world, uh, especially as it relates to analytics and, and business intelligence processes, uh, there's a lot of opportunity still for integrating machine learning into automated workflows, into uh, all different types of applications, both web, uh, mobile, and otherwise. So there's a lot of room for improvement in actually uh, you know, integrating these machine learning processes into uh, business applications
2: hey John you you know you one of the interesting things you mentioned early on is the replacement of humans and we talk a lot about you know employee experience ties to customer experience it seems to me that companies as they're as they are looking to replace certain tasks um, of the humans have to be really really careful in making sure that gosh you know these you know the 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 machines are actually doing the things that you um, you know they can do it better than the humans can um you know and then, uh, then also raises you know the the notion of of you know changes in what humans are doing or um you know employees are doing and and what kind of experience it is in terms of uh, retraining them um on 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 ways to add other value
1: yeah a- absolutely and it's not you know like you said a wholesale you know human replacement it's more. Mm. Uh, Can we automate, you know, kind of these low effort, uh, low thought involvement uh, type tasks? You know, if a task is done, you know, 999 uh, times exactly the same way and the decision is the same 99.9% of the time, uh, it's probably a a process that can be automated. And it's it's freeing up time uh, from, you know, these resources that might be doing things like customer support. Or customer service things like that, and, and and freeing those resources up from sort of these rote, uh, menial tasks. Uh, you know, the sort of copy and paste type tasks that we're, we're seeing automated so often, and giving them more time to focus. You know, actually on customer care.
2: I'm I'm curious how much of you are, are you seeing on on human augmentation as opposed to replacement? Is there you know do companies have debates around you know let's let's actually help empower employees to do a better job? As opposed to those replacement, you know, and it sounds like there's some some use cases, you know, where it's 99%. This is the same every time. Let's just do, re, you know, wholesale replace. But, you know, others, maybe it's you know, only 60 or 50 or something like that. And let's, you know, augment the human instead.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the intelligence uh, augmentation part, I think, is something we've definitely seen a lot of interest mm-hmm. uh, from clients in. And we've seen a, a few use cases out there. A lot of that especially in the customer service and contact center uh, departments, uh, where you know we're seeing uh, basically digital assistant uh, chatbots being used in the contact center that when you have a, a user or customer calling into your contact center, uh, you'll immediately get you know a bot pop up through, Uh, even your standard IM tools like Skype or otherwise, uh, that can pull together and consolidate information for you uh, from many different systems about a customer, uh, why they're calling, what are some of the last, most recent interactions uh, that they've had with your business. uh, And, you know, use those kind of chatbot tools uh, to make things like uh, decision support, common calculations, uh, frequently asked questions, things like that from your uh, internal customer service agents, uh, making those processes more efficient uh, can definitely lead to an improved experience for the customer.
2: Super interesting.
0: So John, um, are there specific examples or use cases that uh, you've seen or that you've worked with our clients on to uh, bring machine learning and broader artificial intelligence uh, you know, into the organization? and be able to start um, kind of uh, bring those efficiencies to the employee experience or, uh, you know, delivering more value to, to their customers.
1: Yeah. Yeah, certainly. Um, you know, a few different uh, use cases that we've looked at here recently uh, or worked with clients to implement uh, recently, we did some work with, with a government agency uh, around optimizing uh, the routing of their, their ticketing and enforcement uh, vehicles. Um, so, you know, they were able to redesign their agents enforcement routes uh, to maximize the potential for, you know, be- improved enforcement, uh, better revenue, uh, you know, and cluster the, those routes to basically streamline their operations and, you know, improve the overall efficiency uh, for their, their enforcement agents.
2: Oh, oh, no, so that, that sounds like that point sounds point. like horrible for the the citizen yeah, experience. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry. Sorry for the citizen experience, but uh, yeah, for the government. It's actually
2: kind of interesting, though, right? Is is you know sort of balancing that because on one hand, you know, you, you, this stuff can make them make them stronger, but you know, uh, I can't imagine. Um, yeah, you, you know, it's good to, good to have better revenue, but at the same time, if you're angering more, you're handing out more tickets more efficiently. Uh than other parts of the your your services uh, you could run into some trouble, so some interesting balancing acts,
1: yeah, yeah, certainly it's basically tax dollars left on the table, so maybe it is a better you know a citizen experience for somebody but but maybe not whoever's getting the parking ticket, yeah interesting <laughs> um yeah, another interesting use case uh we were working with a fairly large insurance uh brokerage. Uh, so we worked with them to implement uh, machine learning, learning recommendations for cross-selling opportunities for their, within their client base. Uh, so we implemented a, a data-driven uh, process that looked at their customers' purchase history and then recommends to their sales force uh, new potential products that their customers might be more likely to buy. Uh, so we implemented essentially client segmentation with a recommendation system. Uh, that would predict what their customers are most likely to purchase, uh, giving their sales force sort of a, a high probability list of opportunities to pursue.
0: Interesting. Do you know, John, uh, you know, and I think those are fairly common use cases when it comes to machine learning, to be able to bubble up, you know, the the most likely to then uh, purchase, repurchase, et cetera. But um, uh, it, there, there's obviously the technology component of it but then there's the softer side of it to how do you ensure that the the sales reps are I, you know both from the change uh, on, from their perspective of how do I now use this data to to facilitate the conversation with my client in a way that is not seen as just selling me something new but then it's it's actually helping me understand what where there could be gaps or how I could get a better, um, uh, price for myself as a customer, or um, have you? Did you guys talk about how that would ultimately be implemented um, in a way that didn't feel just like a, a kind of another sales tool?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, like I mentioned earlier, I think it's certainly important to have sort of a, a governance, uh, you know, process in place for any sort of new emerging technology. Uh, and And change management is certainly a topic uh that we discuss with this client, so having the appropriate change management uh in place you know for whoever's going to be affected, whatever stakeholders are affected by you know the implementation of a new emerging technology like this is is certainly an important uh critical piece of the process
2: yeah, mike as i you know as I'm sitting listening to this, I'm thinking as a customer experience leader, you know a couple things a piece of advice one is to you know, make sure you're on that governance. Get involved with the go- any governance that's happening. Um, you know, especially to be thinking about the un- unintended consequences of this stuff. It's great to to automate certain things, but you want to make sure it's designed so you're automating goodness, not automating badness. Um, and and understanding those, you know, the change management and the employee experience. You know, again that that empathy that uh, that you know I think a customer experience professional brings to the table of you know, looking at both the customer and the employee experience at the same time, you know, some really interesting places to be involved with design and and, and change and, and and so forth. Absolutely agree. Excellent. Well, John, um, I think we're going to leave it there for today. Really
0: appreciate you uh, taking the time to join Paul and I and give us an update on some of those emerging technologies that we had talked about
2: uh, yeah thanks John a while
0: ago.
1: Really appreciate it. Sure thing. Thank you, guys.
0: All right, and uh, hopefully we'll have you on in the future to to give us another update because I think that uh, you know, based on our conversations and what we're seeing, there's a lot of promise out there in being able to to deliver new value, more value to customers to the experience uh, through uh, leveraging these the emerging technologies. Uh, Paul, I think you you would agree, and so yeah, it, it'll be great to to kind of continue to see the evolution of this technology in a way that you know, ultimately provides better experience to, uh, to organizations, customers. All right. Well, thank you everyone for joining us today. And, uh, we'll be back with another episode soon. So appreciate you joining us.
2: Thanks all.